today being Resurrection Sunday and Easter, it would be good to talk about another resurrection other than the Lord's resurrection. And uh, I found a question in the book of Job, and we're just going to read that, that question. It's a question I think we all need to answer in the light of the Pope has decided there's no hell. Isn't that nice? The Pope had made the statement this past week that he did not believe in hell. I wonder why they need a purgatory then. A lot of strange things going on today. In the book of Job chapter 14, in verse number 14, let me read you just a question and we'll, we'll, we'll just talk about that just a minute and then we'll uh, uh, hurry home before it rains. Uh, question that I think that is pertinent for the hour since Jesus rose from the dead and uh, since he's no longer in the graveyard and since he has power over death held in the grave, I wonder, verse 14 of chapter 14 of the book of Job, let me read there. If a man die, shall he live again? Here's a man sitting in ashes, covered from head to toe, according to the book of Job, and sore run boils. I don't know if you've had a boil or not. And I don't know. Some folks think that Job had leprosy. I have no idea. But when I was a kid, I don't know why, but we had boils. I had no idea. I don't know if you ever had one or not, but they are the most miserable, hurting, and they always pop up on the most inconvenient places. And buddy, they do hurt. One boil. One boil will get your attention. I'll guarantee it'll get your attention. The Bible says that Job is covered from head to toe in sore boils. Chapter number one. Job is having physical agony and pain like very few have ever had it in the life of his, in the history of mankind. Perhaps the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible, and I have no idea about that. But in the book of Job, it says Job was a very godly man. The Bible said that he was perfect and an upright man and one that feared God and has chewed or, or kept away from evil. Even after Satan had stripped him of all of his earthly possessions, the Bible said that Job was one of the wealthiest men in all the East. And in one day, God stripped him, or the devil did, and God allowed the devil to strip him of all of his financial withholdings. But God tells us that Job still loved God and did not sin with his mouth. Even after his children died, I don't know of anything to be more painful than going to a child's funeral. Uh, I, I, just, uh, I just don't want anything that would be more emotional distraught and emotional stirring than looking in the eyes of uh, caskets of your 
children and Job visited the funeral home with all of his kids at one time. And yet, Job still loved God and didn't sin with his mouth. Even when his friends uh, falsely misjudged him and accused him of of false things, of being sick and being the way he was because of sin in his life. Don't it just bless your heart when somebody tells you why things are so bad with you? I like friends that come by and say, well, you got what you deserved. Hmm? Even when his wife questioned his judgment, now, I know wives don't do that in today's economy, but Job uh, had a wife that uh, questioned his judgment. And Job continued to trust God and his goodness. And when it seemed that his life was ebbing out of his very body, and it seemed like he could not go any farther, when it seemed like everything was going awry, Job asked this question. If a man die, now that I'm at death's door and now it looks like that my life is over, could it be, is it possible that when a man dies, will he live again? What about you tonight? Is this all there is to it? All we're looking for is a hole in the ground. You think about that just a moment, if you would, please. Do we live as if we're going to be raised? I want you to think about it, if you would, please, for just a little bit tonight. I watched the golf game this afternoon, and uh, I don't know why. I should have been watching the Rangers. They needed a help. Looked to me like they needed lots of help. And there was a professional golfer by the name of Paul Azinger. At the age of 33, he was diagnosed with cancer. He had just won a PGA tournament and then was the victor over 10 other tournaments and he was, had everything going in his direction. And he wrote, a genuine feeling of fear came over me. I, I could die with cancer. Then reality hit him and he said, you know, I'm going to die with something anyhow, whether it be cancer or not. And you think about it. Eventually, anyway, everybody's going to die anyhow. You think about that. But the question arises, when, and is that all there is to it? We live like that's all there is to it. Think about that now. And Paul Azinger said that up until this stage of my life, I love golf. But when I found out I had cancer, I love life. And he remembered going to a Bible study there at the golf course. And someone had said, and I want you to think about this, we are not in the land of the living, headed toward the land of dying. 
We're in the land of dying, looking for the land of the living. And because of that statement, Paul Azinger trusted Christ as his personal Savior. He recovered from the chemotherapy and his cancer was clear. And he made this statement. He said, the only life of contentment is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he said, because of that, because of that, because of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I feel like I have found the answer to the six-foot hole in the ground. Have you found the answer to the six-foot hole that one day they'll put you in and throw dirt in your face Is that the end? Or maybe we could be educated to the fact like some of the Eastern religions and believe in reincarnation, reincarnation, and God knows some of us could stand some help. But the only problem with reincarnation is if you're bad outweighs your good, you digress in what you come back as. And I know some folks, if they were incarnated, they'd come back as a frog. (laughs) Or we could adapt the teaching of the theologians in the Mormon church and believe that when you die, you just float around out there until somebody gets a good chance to be baptized for you. And if you're a real bad guy, you don't float very much. You just cease to exist. Or you could believe like the Mormons or the Muslims. You could always die and go to an island with 70 virgins. I don't know where you'd find the 70 virgins, but All these ridiculous things. The question that comes to mind, if a man die, will he rise again? My mom, my dad, my two sisters, my immediate family. Could I preach their funeral with all the faith and hope and assurance in my heart that this is not the end? I can't imagine Christians going to a funeral and mourning beyond measure. The only reason Christians mourn is they didn't ask their loved ones to get saved. Amen. And if Christians are saved, people are saved. The question is asked, if a man die, will he rise again? Where should we look for an answer for that question? We could ask for educators today. We could ask our liberal theologian. We could ask, but where in the world would I go if I want to find out for sure if a person dies, will they rise again? The Bible. 
thank you. That is a good place to start. And could we start in the Old Testament maybe and find yonder in the Old Testament and we look at a fellow by the name of Abraham very early. And by the way, if you would look at the very first man who died in the Bible. Now I know you know who it was. But the first funeral in the Bible, the Bible says that he died and was buried and was gathered to his friends. Isn't it amazing? In the very first funeral in the Bible, it talks about him going to be with his friends. That's in heaven. Aren't you glad of that? Abraham said this. Listen to what it says about Abraham. That he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. You know what Abraham knew, even in the Old Testament, Abraham knew that there'd be a resurrection. David was confident in his resurrection. Listen, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoice. My flesh shall rest in hope for thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol in the place of departed spirits. I will not stay there, but I will be raised again. That's David in the Old Testament. Now, I wonder today if just this day of resurrection is all about Christ. No, it's all about you. Because if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it shall also quicken our mortal spirits and make us alive. One of these days, bless God, I have the assurance of the word of God and the assurance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that when they put me in a grave, I may be put there in incorruption. I may put there a vile and ugly as it may be, but one of these days I'm going to get me a brand new body just like, like my Lord. In the Old Testament, it also says, Isaiah declared that the dead shall rise. The Bible said, the dead men shall live together with my dead body. They shall rise from the dead. Think of that if you would please. Daniel assured us, this is the Old Testament. I don't know if New Testament. Daniel assured us in Daniel 12, he said that uh, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall wake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. If a man die, will he rise again? The New Testament. Did you know that in the New Testament, Jesus raised three different people from the, by the, from the dead in the New Testament. He raised the widow's son. He raised Jairus' daughter. And he raised Lazarus. You remember that? And if he raised them, why don't you know he can raise you and I? Amen. Amen. I am so glad that I am not uh, going to end up in a hole in the ground and stay there. Did you know the Bible said that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God? Did you know that the Bible says that your body, your body and my body is not fit for heaven? There's no way in the world you could go into heaven in the body that you have tonight. No way in the world. And the Bible said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of the eye. For the trump of God shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Are you glad of that? One of these days, you know why we're going to raise? Because he raised. You know why we're going to have a different life? Because he came out in new life. 
I like that, bless your heart. And now, about, I want you to look in, in your Bible for just a minute. I want to show you something, and it might help you a little bit. If it don't, it helped me anyhow. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Notice I want to talk to you for just a minute about this thought. Uh, about this thought. If a man die, shall he live again? Now I want you to look at this just a moment because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to get in too far ahead of you, and I want you to see this. Notice Second Corinthians five and verse one. For we know. Now, how I many of you folks see that? For we know, Paul. For we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. We have a building of God. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now notice that verse says to me, it's an interesting thing that the Bible describes the body as we live in as a house. The body that you live in, in the Bible is described as a house. When you see this body, you don't see me. You just see the house. You're welcome. This is just the house. And this house, one of these days, is going to lay down and I'm going to be clothed with a house from heaven. Now notice something about this house that you and I are walking around in. The Bible said, for in this we, what's the next word? Grown. Boy, this old thing causes me to groan more every day. Someone, I used to sing a song, this old house I'm living in, needing repairs. The windows and the shutters are letting in the cold, cold air. The older you get, the more it'll crank. And the older you get, the more it'll hurt. The older you get, the more paint you have to put on it. The older you get, the more feeble it becomes. And Paul is saying here about the resurrection and about a new body. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle we're dissolved. We know that if this house lays down, that there's another house made by God himself, one just like his glorious son body that will need no repair. Did you know you never get sick? It's your house that gets sick. Did you know that you never grow old? It's your house that's growing old. Say amen, would you say amen? Somebody say amen. You never complain and gripe about what's going on. It ain't your house that's doing all that complaining. 
windows are tearing up and pains are coming on and things are hurting and the roof is turning a different color. Some of the roofs have been blowed off. We look at these young folk and we say, oh, would to God we were young again. No, don't do that, man. You're getting close to getting clothed with a house from heaven. Job, don't give up, son. Don't give up, man. Don't give up. Hey, hey, don't want any more of this house. Don't, don't want any more backaches and pains and sorrows and stumbling and falling. No, sir, I'm getting close to being clothed because I believe if a man die, he shall live again. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Aren't you glad of that? Read on now with me just a minute. Don't want to make you mad. And we clothe the house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our house, which is from heaven. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened, not for that we should be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality shall be swallowed up of life. Now, he that hath wrought us for the self thing, thing is God, who also hath given us earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we're always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Now, home is not a house. I've made this house my home now for 78 years. But this house was never meant to be permanent. She stands in needs of repair from time to time, does she not? Always something you got to do to repair it and fix it and make it feel better. But I am confident of this one thing. I'm ready to leave this one. Not because I want to go. It's because I'm going to get a better one. Huh? So if a man die, Job asked, sitting in his ashes, his house about to crumble, his house covered with boils, and sitting there scraping the putrefying running pulse with the pot chair, scraping the stench. And he says, Man, I'm glad this is not it. I'm glad this house ain't permanent. Uh, some of you young folk live like you're going to live forever. Come see me about 20 years. <laughs> Verse 6 now. Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Now don't confuse you with your house. 
Don't confuse you with your house. You are not the house. You are in the house. And the minute your house has no more heartbeat and has no more breath, you vacate the house. And to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Don't confuse you with a house. Don't spend all your time repairing that which is temporary with that which is permanent. Don't spend all your time repairing that which is going to die anyhow and neglect that which abides forever. Well, please now help me a little bit. For we walk by faith, verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. And we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be what? Present with the Lord. You're going to one day vacate that body that you're in. You're going to move out. It's going to die by cancer, by heart attack, by terrorist, by gunshot, by wife. That's sure. But you're going to move out. But when you move out, thank God, you merely move in. When you say goodbye here, thank God, somebody's going to say hello there. And we're going to be clothed, bless your heart, clothed with a brand new glorious body like our Lord. Can you imagine? Job sitting there in those sackcloth and ashes and we jump over just about four chapters in the book of Job and Job answers his own question. Watch this. He says in chapter number 19 and verse 25, for I know, ain't that a good thing to say, for I know, For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself. (laughs) And my eyes shall behold and not another, though my reign be consumed within me. The question is asked, if a man die, shall he live again? And then to help us out, Job answers the same question, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Notice Job speaks of redemption in verse 25. Job speaks of his relation in verse 25. Job speaks 
of his resurrection in verse 25. He speaks of a revelation in verse 26 and verse 27. I want to tell you something tonight. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Do you know that tonight? I tell you, that ought to make every Baptist shout. It ought to make every Methodist uh, speak in tongues and every Pentecostal while they just never ought to shut up. Job speaks of redemption for he says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Redeemer? A Redeemer that saves us. A Redeemer that seals us. A Redeemer that satisfies us. A redeemer that sinks to fire us. I, I thank God that I'm saved and I know I'm saved and I'm sealed by the blessed Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption and I know that he seals me and let me tell you something, I'm completely satisfied with my Lord. Amen. He said, I know that my redeemer liveth. Now, I've got a redeemer that was buried and rose again and lives forevermore. Amen. I know that my Redeemer liveth. He said, he speaks not only of a Redeemer, he speaks of a relationship. Verse 25, he says, my, my, my Redeemer. I'm glad Holly has a Redeemer. I'm glad Miss Jennings has a Redeemer. I'm questioning some folk. (laughs) But I'm glad you have one, I really am. Now, I'm glad you know him in a personal way. But Job says, I'm not dependent on somebody else. I'm not dependent on Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse and all the other little mices to get me to heaven. I know that my Redeemer liveth and I know that he is my Redeemer. Oh, it's so terrible when people don't know that they know that they know that they know their Redeemer liveth. I tell you, if I look like some folk most of the time, I'd check on my Redeemer. Amen? Amen. He was a, he was Paul, he was Job's personal Redeemer. He was Job's profitable Redeemer. He was Job's permanent Redeemer. A relationship. I'm glad. You know, I am so glad that me and my Lord has a personal relationship. This morning when Andrew was given the invitation, I was sitting right there where my wife is sitting. Now, it was holy this morning. I don't know if that place is holy tonight or not, but where I was sitting this morning, I was praying and talking to my Redeemer and said, now, Lord, there's somebody here that needs to be saved this morning, and I pray that you'll just take your word. And I just, you know, I just talked to my personal Savior sitting right there on that pew, right there where my wife is sitting. I talked to my personal Redeemer. I know him personally. I talk to him regularly. You say, does he talk to you? Uh, In his word, he talks to me. If I ever wake up at night and anybody's talking to me in my bedroom except my wife, I'm shooting. (laughs) Amen. Huh? I don't mean that spooky kind of stuff. I know, I know like Job. I know like Job, and Job was having problems, and Job was hurting all over, and Job had lost his family, and Job had lost his wealth, and Job's friends are everything but friends, and Job has it bad, man, and Job says, I'm just wondering now, if I die as a result of all of this, will I live again? And then it comes to him, I have a personal redeemer. 
It's personal. It's profitable. You say, preacher, I don't like you. You should have met me before I got saved and you'd really like me. You say, you're cruel and mean and uh, I'm a lot better than I used to be. You know why? Because my Redeemer has made life profitable. Huh? Profitable. You can't go wrong by serving the Lord. You just can't go wrong by raising your kid in a good church. Uh, you, you just, you say, well, will I have trouble with my kids? Are they breathing? <laughs> Did any of your kids argue over the eggs today? If they didn't come over at my house and I will show you some real rugrats. But they'll have a lot better chance of having a profitable life because of a profitable and personal relationship with the Redeemer that died and was buried and rose again. Job said, yes, I know that my Redeemer liveth and I have a personal relationship with him and it is a permanent relationship. Huh? I was overwhelmed that night my wife and I got married. We, uh, we almost had a church wedding. We drove by about 15 of them getting to the courthouse. It was at 10 o'clock at night. And the JP, we had to go down to the stockyard to get to JP and he had manure on his boots. I thought, man, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to last. But it ain't where you get married. It's not who says, will you try? It's a relationship and a commitment. And my wife looked at that hunk of a man she was marrying, (laughs) put her arm almost in the clasp of a giant. And she looked at me and said, or for better or for worse. And it got that way real quick. For richer or for poor. And if we'd have been any poor, we wouldn't have had the gas to get out of Weatherford to come back home in sickness or in health till death do us part. We meant that. Did you hear me? We meant that. We didn't say that till we fall out of love with one another, till geographically things start changing on our body. My, this used to be here. Yeah. I used to didn't need these. These do not keep my pants up. It keeps my shoulders off the floor. And I wouldn't take anything from my dear wife. You look at this church and say, look what preacher's done. Preacher hasn't done anything. What's happened here, humanly speaking, is what she's allowed the preacher to do. She's allowed God to use her husband. 
And she stayed out of God's way and encouraged. You listening? Write all this down because I want it emulated next week too. It's wearing out. This old house that she's living in. (laughs) Can you say amen? amen? Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Do you know that tonight? Did you know that he is your Redeemer, a personal Redeemer, a profitable Redeemer, and a permanent Redeemer? My wife and I, uh, every dictionary we got, we we ripped the D section out of the uh, dictionary. That's where divorce is. It's a permanent relationship. You listening to me? Girls, don't marry anybody you don't want to live with the rest of your life. You say, you need to stay out of my business. Well, whenever you need some business, come see me. Job speaks of redemption. Job speaks of relationship. Job speaks of resurrection. Watch this. Verse 25 through 26, the Bible says, and I, I, I need to close. For I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand on the latter day upon the earth. That's his resurrection. And though after my flesh, skin, worm destroy this body. Did you know that the Bible says that uh, in Ecclesiastes that uh, this thing was taken from the dust and it shall go back to dust. Did you know that? Put this, if you would please, this house that you're living in, this one that you're taking care of, this one that you're painting and primping and taking care of, this one that you're so proud of, put that in the casket one of these days, seal that casket and open it later. Ain't nothing left there in it but dust. The Bible says, from dust you were taken, from dust you shall return. Yeah. Little girl asked his mama, said, Mama, was the preacher right when he said, we come from dust and we return to dust? She said, sure, preacher, don't lie. She said, well, I was just wondering. I was looking under my bed up there a little while ago and either somebody's coming or going. Amen. He speaks of a resurrection. Verse 26, the Bible says, And though after my skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Job speaks of a resurrection. I'm closing. The devil could not devour him. The cross could not destroy him and the grave could not detain him. Thank God there was a resurrection and thank the Lord there will be another one, one blessed day when all the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Easter has just as much to do with your resurrection as it did his resurrection. Because if he arose, then you too will rise. And if he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave, so will you. A revelation. Notice he spoke of a revelation in verse 26 and 27. And he said, I shall see God. Watch this. I know that my Redeemer liveth. 
and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Though after my skin worms destroy my body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job speaks of a present value. Now I wonder what's value in the Lord raising from the dead. Beloved, the Bible said, Behold, I'm closing, I'm done. Behold what manner of love. The Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, it does not appear what we shall be. But we know when he shall appear, we shall see him and be made like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself, watch this, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. If there was a resurrection, there'll be a second coming. And if there's a second coming, and you really believe that, you'll want to be in the right shape when the trump of God sounds and the dead in Christ rise. And those magazines laying around the house, get them up now because when he comes, you'll be embarrassed when he comes. Some of the TV programs you're watching and by the way, wouldn't it be something if you couldn't take your phone with you? (laughs) What will you kids do? How will you make it in heaven if you don't have Facebook and Spacebook and Cricket and Cracket and all the other stuff? How in the world will you know how to brush your teeth without Googling? Just asking. A present value a perfect vision, and I close with this, a promised victory. Here's the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I know that one day I will see him as he is. And when I see him as he is, I'll be made like him. So I think I'll just keep on chugging along till I see the sky split and hear the trump of God and take off to meet the Lord in the air. The question is, if a man dies, shall he live again? The answer is unequivocally, yes. Yes. That's why God enabled me to preach my mama's funeral my daddy's funeral, my sister's funeral. Because a funeral to a child of God is graduation. And somebody has turned it into a bleak, ugly thing. And death is not ugly to the child of God. Death is taking off the old house (laughs) and putting on a new house. How many of you remember Billy Davenport when we was working on that building down yonder? 
he used to hold that hopper plumb full of drywall. And I watched him. He'd, he'd hold that big old thing and he'd, he'd blowed that building, he blowed this building. And I said to myself, is he, do you think he's the only one that can do that? And I asked Billy, Billy, let me do that. Boy, was I in for a surprise. That thing must have weighed 200 pounds. I could not even hardly lift it. No, Billy, he just got it blowing all over. Billy can't do that anymore. His house. His house. He's got a certain destination. Hmm? You are getting older by the minute. And that house you're living in, one day's going to run out of breath. The heart's going to beat the last time. The lungs will fluctuate one time. The brain stem will end. You say, why? Because that's the plan of God. The plan of God is for you to put that one down one day and get you a brand new one. Amen. I go home tonight and my wife say, are you hurting? I said, that's a dumb question. She said, I'm asking you because I'm asking you because I'm concerned. I say, am I breathing? Yes, then I'm hurting. This building is starting to groan. Is yours? Is yours? Well, it's just, it's just like a book. There's an ending to it. It's just like a highway. There's an end to it. Are you ready?